Welcome to Interesting Times. I'm Joe Streckert. This is an independent, listener-supported podcast. To support the show, go to interestingtimespodcast.com. Episode 100 is coming up, and that's going to be a Q&A episode. So if you have questions for me about previous episodes, about how I put the podcast together, about history, about me, about any of that, pelt me with your queries and interrogations. Send me your questions, and I will answer them. I am very much looking forward to what you guys ask me, so do that. Again, interestingtimespodcast.com, contact link, write me a question, and I will answer it. The most isolated and lonely art object in the whole of the known universe orbits above you every night. It is on the moon. That art object is a small figure made of aluminum depicting an astronaut laid down on their back, resting in the lunar dust. Next to it is a plaque with a list of names, astronauts and cosmonauts, who have died in the pursuit of space exploration. The tiny sculpture, Fallen Astronaut, is the only piece of art on the moon, and the story behind it is one of conflict between artist and astronaut, and it's a conflict about interpretation, about intent, about commercialization, and what art means. Belgian artist Paul van Hoyendonck, whose name I am probably going to mispronounce throughout the course of this episode, so sorry about that, was always fascinated by humanity's forays into space. During the 1960s, astronauts and space exploration were a consistent theme in much of his art. He was thrilled at the idea of putting a piece of art on the moon or in space, and his intent was for his art to be a monument to hope, to the future, to make a piece of art that showed humanity looking out toward the stars, and that piece of art, that hopeful piece of art, would rest among the stars themselves. Through a complex web of social arrangements and connections, he eventually found himself at the same dinner party as a NASA astronaut, David Scott. And at this dinner party, Scott and Van Hoyendank, they got to talking. Van Hoyendank pitched the idea of art on the moon, and David Scott said yes. Yes, let's do that. And we do not know exactly what went down between these two men. We don't know what they talked about or what they agreed to. We were not in the room where it happened. Each of them have different recollections of what they talked about, and that will be important later. But they both agreed that Paul von Hoyendank would make a small statue, and David Scott would take it with him on Apollo 15. There were a few challenges to making a moon sculpture. Any piece of outdoor art has to endure the elements. Outdoor sculptures get pelted with rain, snow, ice, sleet, and they have to endure hot, cold, all kinds of things. And any artist who has made anything for outdoor display can tell you about how much of an engineering problem that is. And making outdoor art for the moon? Well, that would be an even bigger challenge. The moon has no atmosphere and temperatures on the moon can get up to over 100 degrees Celsius during the day and down to negative 100 degrees Celsius at night. That is a lot. And quite a lot of materials would melt, warp, contract, expand. In extreme temperatures like that, solar sculpture needed to be durable. It needed to survive the pretty harsh non-atmosphere of the lunar surface. The sculpture was also to have no identifiable gender or ethnicity, and as such, it had to be very stylized. The result was a figure made of aluminum, a small figure that would be able to endure the extreme lunar conditions, and one that looks 
kind of like a Lego minifig, honestly. Go to the webpage for this episode. I have included a picture of it. And von Hoyendick thought that this small Lego minifig-looking piece of art would make him famous. He thought that, eventually, he would become the moon art guy. He would become the one artist in the whole of the known universe to actually have a piece of art on the moon, orbiting the whole of humanity each night. Take that, Picasso. However, as you'll see, NASA astronaut David Scott thought somewhat differently. Apollo 15 left for the moon on July 26, 1971, and when it left, David Scott had Paul von Hoyendonck's tiny sculpture with him. Before its return on August 7th, David Scott and James Irwin spent three days on the surface of the moon, which, by the way, seems like a really long time to hang out on the moon. And during that time, they found time to place what they saw as a memorial. And this is where the conflict between artist and astronaut really starts. See, von Hoyendonck, again, wanted a hopeful sculpture. The idea is that he would have a small figure representing the whole of humanity standing on the moon, looking out to the stars, and that would represent the entire species' collective effort to leave Earth and explore the universe. David Scott, however, didn't see it that way. When David Scott placed it on the moon, he placed it on its back in a fallen position, and next to it, a plaque. His intent was that this wouldn't be art for art's sake. This would not be about hope and looking out to the stars. This would be for the other astronauts who didn't make it. This would be a small token in remembrance of members of the American and Soviet space agencies who, for whatever reasons, made the ultimate sacrifice in the pursuit of space exploration. So when David Scott placed this small sculpture on the moon, he did not place it in the posture that Paul von Hoyendeck wanted it to be placed in, and he put a plaque next to it, which the Belgian artist never really intended to accompany it. During their three days on the moon, David Scott and James Irwin found some time where Irwin could distract mission control with some inane chatter. You see, fallen astronaut, it was not part of the official mission. It was something that these guys were doing on their own. And during Irwin's inane chatter with mission control, Scott had a moment alone. He took the statue out of his pocket and, by himself, on the lunar service, performed a brief private memorial service. He placed a plaque with a list of names of the dead astronauts, and he placed a small figure next to it. In that moment, David Scott became the only person to perform a funeral on the moon. Maybe the only person to ever perform an act of mourning on the moon. But I have another takeaway here. And my big takeaway is, spacesuits have pockets? So in every account of this thing, Scott mentions that he had the statue in his pocket, and those things are huge, and they're like really blocky, and the gloves are really big, and I wonder how you would even reach into a pocket while you're wearing those things, and I mean, I guess it makes sense. They have to put their gear somewhere. And what makes this especially amazing is that there's plenty of Earth clothing that doesn't have pockets. My partner, she often complains that dresses and skirts don't have pockets, and that makes things very inconvenient for her. But apparently, spacesuits are more pocketful than lots of forms of terrestrial ladywear. Huh. Spacesuits have pockets. But, Scott and Irwin... They didn't mention memorial until they returned to Earth, 
And when they talked about it, they did not reveal Van Hoyendonk's name. They didn't want what they saw and interpreted as a memorial to be commercialized. So in their version of events, Van Hoyendonk, he was going to remain anonymous. The memorial was just going to sit there on the moon, commemorating the memory of the fallen astronauts. And that would be that. This would not be something that turned Paul von Hoyendank into the next Picasso. This would not be commercialized. However, von Hoyendank, he didn't see it that way. Von Hoyendank had no desire to be an obscure, starving artist. He wanted that sweet, sweet space money, baby. He wanted the sales and prestige that would come from selling replicas of what David Scott had named Fallen Astronaut. He waited a year after the placement of the memorial and... After that, started making moves to replicate this thing and maybe cash in on it. And when that happened, well, a lot of people, Congress, the press, thought it extraordinarily crass that somebody had the gall to make money off of space exploration. Here is my hometown paper, the Portland Oregonian, in an editorial on August 1st, 1972, decrying the idea that space exploration might be a commercial enterprise. Quote, It is disillusioning to read that some U.S. astronauts have smuggled objects to the moon and that this has made it possible for some Earthlings to make a quick buck. First, it was revealed that the Apollo 15 carried 400 first-day stamp covers to the moon. More on those in a moment. About 100 of which were placed on sale by a West German stamp dealer. The same crew left on the moon a small metal statuette called fallen astronaut, supposedly in memory of American and Soviet spacemen who have died. Some 950 replicas of the figure were put on sale in a New York gallery at $750 each. These are not serious offenses, but Americans tend to regard their heroes as superior beings, immune to the temptations and faults of ordinary people. Astronauts have held top rank among the heroes, and hence to disillusionment. It is somewhat as if the Knights of the Round Table got involved in peddling replicas of King Arthur's magic sword Excalibur. Unquote. Dude, if like Galahad or Percival wanted to sell me an Excalibur replica, I wouldn't say no. But you can see the reaction. Members of Congress and members of the press and members of the public balked at von Hoyendeck wanting to commercialize this thing. And so did NASA, for that matter. And so did David Scott. Um, also, that thing with the envelopes, the Apollo 15 crew, they had 400 stamped envelopes with them that they planned to take to the moon and give lunar postage stamps. Uh, most of these were going to be kept as official NASA memorabilia, but 100 of them were given to a German collector who initially planned on holding off on sales of the envelopes uh, until the astronauts were out of public eye. Later on, the plan was that he'd quietly sell them and the proceeds would benefit the astronauts' families. But instead of following the plan, this German collector just started selling off the moon stamps as soon as he could and turned it into a whole kerfuffle. There was nothing technically illegal about this, but again, Congress, the press, and NASA and the public were squicked out by the commercialization of space. Again, it's like Lancelot and Percival and Galahad are all trying to sell Excalibur replicas. Which, by the way, I'm a giant dork, so I would totally want one of those. But you get the idea. Also, I ran that figure of $750 through a few different inflation calculators, and that number in 1972 
would be about $4,400 in 2016 money. So Van Hoyendeck, if he had 950 figurines that he's selling for about $4,400 a pop, that is a decent chunk of coin to make off some aluminum figures that looked like Lego people. He also had a plan to make a more affordable line of fallen astronaut replicas as well. And this is kind of an amazing inversion of expectations here. Because here you have the artist. And our stereotype is that artists are these like really, really principled, idealistic people who want to do art for art's sake and not sully themselves with something as tawdry as filthy lucre. And he is the one who wants to make a bunch of replicas and cash in. Meanwhile, the astronauts, they are the ones who are saying, hey, this is kind of sacred and important. And this is something that actually is above commercialization. The guys who are ex-military and engineers and space nerds, they're the ones who are acting like super idealistic art guys who don't want to sully themselves with money. But the art guy, he wants to sell these things out of his New York gallery. He is all about crass commercialization. In the end, Paul von Hoyendank did not make 950 replicas of fallen astronaut. In the end, he made only about 50 copies, most of which he did not sell. One replica you can see today at the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C. When it comes to fallen astronaut as a piece of art or as a memorial, there is a question of authorship. Paul van Hoyendank did, indeed, make the figure and throughout the controversy over the statue, he's played the role of misunderstood artist, who has also been cheated out of the ability to gain fame and fortune from his work. And I can see his side of the story. I can see why he is frustrated. After all, the art, it was given a name, Fallen Astronaut, that he did not intend for it to have. It was not installed in the way that he wanted it to be. It is lying down as opposed to standing up. And it is interpreted in a way that he did not approve of as a memorial, rather than as a monument to hope. But I think you could make a very good claim that astronaut David Scott is the co-creator of Fallen Astronaut. The entire reason why the art is compelling is because of its context. It's on the moon. The moon! And David Scott took it there. He placed it there. He decided on the placement and the positioning. He put it alongside a memorial. He gave it a name. And... He performed memorial rites next to it as he placed it. David Scott created that context. He created the reason why Fallen Astronaut is important. In some ways, in his going to the moon and placing it there, he did far more to create the final version of Fallen Astronaut than Paul von Hoyendank did. Also, there's no better memorial to astronauts who died in service to space exploration than the moon itself. And... It is especially important to note that the names on David Scott's memorial plaque included both American and Russian astronauts. During the depths of the Cold War, when these two countries were literally pointing superweapons at each other, and the threat of a world-ending war was very, very real for everybody on planet Earth, this was a moment of unity. This was a moment where that division got transcended. It turns out it's hard to see the Iron Curtain from space. Regardless of the intent of the original artist, that makes Fallen Astronaut probably one of the most profound and moving memorials in human history. It is a memorial for Theodore Freeman, for Charles Bassett, for Elliot C., for Virgil Grissom, for Roger Chaffee, for Edward White, 
for Vladimir Komarov, for Edward Givens, for Clifford Williams, for Yuri Gagarin, for Pavel Belyayev, for Jijori Dolbrovsky, for Viktor Patsayev, and for Vladislav Volkov. Their memory is enshrined in a lunar monument. That cannot be taken away from them, regardless of what Paul Van Hoyendonk says. David Scott created a shrine to those fallen astronauts when he became the only human in history to perform funerary rites on the moon. No matter what you think of fallen astronaut, it's impossible not to be moved when you read those names and you realize that their feet never touched a lunar surface, but their memories did. I'm not as commercially crass as Paul von Hoyendank. I'm supported by you. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, and you should, go to interestingtimespodcast.com, sign up for a monthly donation. That would be wonderful of you. Uh, give us a rating and review on iTunes or on social media, facebook.com slash interestingtimeswithjoestreckert, and I'm on Twitter at Joe Streckert. Thank you very much for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye. Mm-hmm.